Coming up, we're going to go over a whole lot of universal news, including, um, (laughs) that just screwed me up, including uh, the latest uh, on a Harry Potter, a celebration of Harry Potter. Wow, that really took me for a wild leap. Um, The opening date for Race Through New York, starring Jimmy Fallon, Aventura Hotel, uh, and then, of course, return time tickets, the virtual line experience. So I need to take a break from talking for a second. So live from the Ball Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of the Dis Unplugged. This is episode 113 of the Universal Edition of the Dis Unplugged. The Diz Unplugged, the Universal Edition, is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Please visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your tongue-tied host, Craig Williams, and today I am joined alongside by Rhino Clavin. Hello. And then back on the controls, not screwing anything up so far. Not yet. Mr. Oliver Green. Hello. It's still um, early though, there's time, there's still time. So yeah, Right now I'm just screwing up my uh, speech, which it's, is pretty typical of me. Well, so. we all can't be perfect on the same day, so thank you for... Thank you for taking this one today, Greg. Oh, you're welcome. I'm <laughs> always happy to do so. Uh, wow, we have a jam-packed episode for you. Um, I didn't think that there was going to be that much. I know a lot of you might have tuned in to the, uh, the Disney World edition of the Diz Unplugged uh, earlier this week and potentially heard that we were going to be talking about Shrek 4D, um, like anyone actually cares about that. But uh, we are going to have to just completely scrap that away until potentially next week, maybe even longer than that. Uh, because we just have way too much to go over. And uh, because of that, I don't want to risk uh, going going way too far over an hour. So I'm going to, uh, I think we're going to just kick it off by going straight into the news, shall we? We kick it. Let's kick it. We are listening to a ton of Beastie Boys before we are starting today. So, uh, well, sorry, I was. So if you feel me like over emotional and hyped up. Just just blame it on that. So let's go ahead and jump into it. A celebration of Harry Potter 2017, shall we? We shall. So I know Rhino is very excited about this one. We finally have the full list of celebrities that will be attending this event. Tons of uh, them. Yes, we already knew that uh, good old Warwick Davis was going to be there along with Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville Longbottom, and... Uh, we now also know that Jason Isaacs will be joining along. So if you are only familiar, like Longbottom. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, he's he, yeah. He doesn't he in, in this photo? Yeah, in this. If you're watching, Wait, and uh, Neville's in the middle. I'm gonna try and pull the same face, then cut to me. So we'll see if it's the same. Right? Those are like the same. In, the, <laughs> yeah, your Instagram actually not too far off. Every time he hey. posts a photo on Instagram, it's always now. Now, can we also, talk about the person that people actually care about? Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Perfect. So, yes. <laughs> if you're only familiar with uh, the world of Harry Potter, you know him as Lucius Malfoy. Lucius. Um, and if you are familiar with the world of cinema beyond just Harry Potter, then I'm sure you know him from a lot more, uh, particularly as I was saying when we first found out about this news. I am very excited to ask him questions about the movie Patriot. The Patriot to be particular. 
with that. So, um, no, I'm, I think it's a, it's a huge grab. As far as I can remember, I don't believe I've ever seen him before at an event now. They're all just starting to blend together. He the was, list he, of celebrities that I've seen at a celebration of Harry Potter. Don't you remember Potter. that TV show he's a part of, the one that came here? It, it had something to do... Uh, he could have easily last, even... It was like, not last year, it was like the year before. And it was... Um, Oh my goodness! I I can't I can't remember. I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah. I remember like a shot of it, and I remember they were coming here. It, it was probably like when I had first started, pretty early on, and I thought they came and shot some of the show here. Wow! I know, I know. It's Great terrible. story. Case Good. histories now. Good. <laughs> Very excited about this story. <laughs> so dig dig was the name of the show. Dig. Oh yeah. Um. That was the one that they made into an escape room, right? What? In Universal Studios. I didn't know there were It was the USA rooms, show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dig. Yeah. yeah, they turned it into a limited time escape room. They built one right in Universal. Oh, so, okay. So maybe that's I never got I to do it. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I, I think this is uh, a, a huge person to get. Again, I don't remember. He may have been here in the past... Um, I, I didn't really attend many of the events last year, so I can't tell you if he was here last year. Uh, he might have been at the grand opening of Diagon Alley, but Helena Bonham Carter was there along with Robbie Coltrane and, uh, and you know, Donald Gleason, and all of those were just mm. going to trump Jason Isaacs in my book. But now this year, since there's only three celebrities attending, um, I am definitely excited to get the chance to hear him speak. I, I feel like he would very, be very stoic in his expressions. Um, and along with that, we also know pretty much what's going to be happening with the uh, full schedule of events, uh, including the Harry Potter Expo being open uh, each day starting at 9 a.m. Uh, from Friday, January 27th to January 29th. Um, some of the, the highlights include the, uh, and please be good with me on this one. I'm just going to bounce around. Uh, like we know the combat skills with Paul Harris, the one combat ones are going to be back uh, with on the music Plaza stage on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Warwick Davis is going to be doing a talk about the uh, creature effects on Saturday and Sunday as well. Mina Lima will be back Saturday and Sunday. They're going to do two Q and A's on Saturday, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. There's going to be an opening night event, obviously, on Friday at night. And then on Saturday, they have evening tribute at the Music Plaza stage from 6.45 to 7.45. Not quite sure what all of that will be, uh, but it looks like they've got a pretty packed lineup full of events. And the one thing that I think is disappointing is we now basically have confirmation. Absolutely nothing to do with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I know, that's a... I. I don't maybe maybe because they're gearing up, you know. Those have a well. I guess they're not a shorter production time than the Harry Potter movies. But were Harry Potter movies ever in production while the Harry Potter weekend was going on? No, or did they start that after. No, it started after. Okay, because because this is the first series that's in production while they're doing this, and I know it's every two years they're aiming for these movies to come out. Which which yeah. every a Harry Potter movie came out every year and a half. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, you know, again, I still haven't seen the movie out of. Uh, my hatred, of course, for Eddie Redmayne. We don't need to go over that one more time on this show. But, uh, I, you know, it's, it's disappointing for people out there. This was a chance to bring something new into this weekend event. It's the fourth one. It's kind of been just a repeat of the same thing every year. 
Um, that would have definitely freshened it up a little bit more. But hey, you know, you get what you get. So uh, the one good part is uh, Rhino and I will be there covering this mm-hmm. event. I'm going to wear this shirt. You can't see it. Now you can see it. It says, my Patronus is a Corgi for all of those yeah. who are listening. <laughs> because I just realized that they can't read magic. Um, listen, I don't know what I'm Muggles. even trying to say. So, yes. Muggles. Definitely stay tuned to uh, hear our coverage from that weekend in just a couple of weeks. Again, very exciting. Oliver, as a British person, we are not involving british person person. we are not involving him in any of it he needs to just stay away from it i'm gonna homesick he'll want to leave no no i'm just gonna put it out there i'm completely fine with this because it upsets me immensely when i walk around and i hear americans try the hardest to do english accents so um yeah i'm more than happy to stay stay far away all the people that are gonna come there are gonna do british accents whether they yeah i think i'm gonna hear a lot of like oh wingardium levius and just like weird hybrid accents all right governor Oh, Craig. Oh, what you're talking about. People do lovely British accents. Oh. I think we just do fine. Yes, sir, we do. It's just crazy, oh. gobstopper fool. <laughs> what was that last one? Combine Willy Wonka candy <laughs> into an insult. <laughs> the everlasting gobstopper fool. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was British Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I knew what it was. Um, I think so. <laughs> Uh, that's it brilliant. Is. So, um, <laughs> great day to put that camera. In that is uh, that is that. So, our next story that we are not going to talk about. Uh, I know someone eventually was going to say something in chat. Maybe, maybe not. Um, there are we potentially might know the dates for Halloween Horror Nights uh, that were sent out through a very confidential survey that asked you to not photo, uh, distribute any information about the survey, this, that, and the other. Sent a public survey that they they didn't want people to talk about with other people. It specifically said in the survey, do not photo, do not from distribute anything from this point on. It was asking you to be nicely or asking you to not do it nicely. So we are not going to talk about it. If you want to find out more information about that, Google is your friend, Facebook, anything. But we are not going to be talking about that. What we are going to be talking about is a possible opening date for Universal's Aventura Hotel. Aventura Hotel. Aventura. Aventura Hotel. Aventura. what I'm doing. Right. Are you just trying to ups- was that was that see this is it was that meant to be an English accent? <laughs> no, I think that was Australian. Yeah. It, that's it a whole different. In the kangaroos, mate. It. Oi, oi. Does this hurt your ears? <laughs> this hurts my heart. We're just going to do a whole show in these accents. Good. These are the worst pies in London. You sound like um, an incorrect tune. Not to you know, we'll get back on topic in a second. But you sound like like a uh, like a, a yourself. No, you know when kids try and put on a play. <laughs> like, okay, too hey, long sir. about that. There we we're, go. we're done. We're done. So, Aventura Hotel, uh, Orlando Sentinel is reporting that the projected date for opening could be July first, twenty eighteen, and <clears throat> this comes because of. STR. It's an American company that tracks data for the global hotel industry. Um, This is, again, this has nothing to do with Universal Orlando putting out information on the hotel. It just comes from this site that I guess tracks uh, data amongst hotels and usually they're being told this information about when new hotels are going to open up, uh, all all the details surrounding that. So, uh, 
honestly, it, it kind of makes sense with the way Universal can get stuff up quickly, uh, considering that this hotel is only going to be 600 rooms and it's not going to be that big. It's on a very small plot of land. Um, once construction is finished on Volcano Bay here in the next six months or so, they'll be able to put every uh, foot forward into moving construction across the street for Aventura. So uh, I, I think it's pretty possible that we'll see it. And of course, uh, Sapphire Falls, it opened up in 2016. It, uh, the I believe it was July 14th, mm-hmm. the day that we checked in. Uh, when Cabana Bay opened up, it kind of staggered, but um, you know, it had it had its grand opening in the summer. So universal really likes opening up their hotels in the summer from everything I could see. So I think, I think it's a pretty solid, uh, solid date on there. I'm excited for this hotel still. It's going to be big. It's going to be glassy and it's going to have a rooftop bar. That is what I am the most excited about. That rooftop bar is, it sounds awesome. Craft cocktails. Mm. We'll get ourselves some lovely beverages up there. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, Yeah, I can't wait. Rooftop bar. Rooftop bar. That's exciting. <laughs> rooftop bar. The rooftop yeah. bars down in uh, downtown Orlando are nice, so I, I, it'll be nice to have one that's kind of like this side of town where maybe we can see some of the cool theme park stuff. Hmm. It'll be very pretty from up there, I'm assuming, just looking at its location. Yeah. So. It'll be on the same height as uh, the top of Krakatoa over at Volcano Bay. So That makes sense. I, I like it. I think that's very neato bajito. <laughs> and that's and that's what I'm saying it. That's what the cookie crumbles. That's how the cookie crumbles. Okay. Man. So um just sorry, apologize I'm going through my whole list of all the stories. Did we already did we oh okay. If anyone cares it over. Uh, no, no, here's the next here's the next does anyone care scenarios. Yes. And this could oh. this could lead to a grander discussion in that. Butterbeer. Every type of butterbeer now at Universal Orlando, six ninety nine. What's your favorite? I've been very open and honest. My favorite is and will always be cold butterbeer. I like the frozen or the hot. The See, hot's probably my favorite. Though. If I've never tried the hot. If I could get just a cup of the white stuff that's on top, I would love that. That would go down a treat. Yeah, I know that. Um, so obviously the prices have been going all over the place now for uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, back in 2010 when it opened, prices were absurdly cheap with cold butter beer being uh, $2.99, frozen being $3.99, and hot butter beer not even existing at that point in time. Um, so it has come a long way. And uh, the, the prices have been staggered. And while the frozen butter beer, I can definitely understand that being $6.99, I... I genuinely don't think that's a bad price point for it. I know it doesn't come with the souvenir mug, um, but it's a specialty beverage uh, that, you know, it, it's a decent size, too. Do you and know how much, um, it just, I'm trying to do a compare with Disney. Do you know how much uh, the Lufu's Brew is? I know, but I can look it up we, Steve and I got one the other day, and I want to say it's comparable in price, I think. But that one might be in the 4 to five, four to $5 range. Yeah, the last... I mean, these are all from 2015 without like digging deep, just doing a quick Google search. Yeah. Back in 2015, LeFou's Brew was still like $4.99. I'm sure it's gone up in price a little bit still. Yeah. Um, but LeFou's Brew is nothing more than just frozen apple juice. Right. And this is like a, compl- a complicated drink, you know? Yeah, no, this a is a little more. Involved. This is a specialty beverage that people lose their mind over, that they. You know, the first thing they want to do when they get into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter isn't run around to go to the attractions. They finally want butterbeer. It's official. They want that it's drink. authentic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what you got to get. I mean, it's it's the 
it's the must have, must do thing. You know, like the number one mm. thing in the Harry Potter yeah. world. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, and you know when I first started getting it, the prices were still cheaper, and I bought it. I I still go in on my own sometimes and just randomly get a cold butter beer. Um, you know, and I I the price is steep. I think the problem that now increasing all the price. Well, first off, sorry, uh, get myself in line here. I think six ninety nine for a hot butter beer is not beard butter beer is ridiculously <laughs> absurd. Um, it's nothing more than almost hot chocolate. Yeah, I do think that that's, that's a bit much for the yeah. hot one. Yeah, the other two, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll still pay that. You know, yeah, like you said, unless you're going to serve the hot butter beer in like a venti Starbucks cup for six ninety nine, that's not worth it. Frozen, definitely worth it. Cold, it's it's really close. I think I think sticking at like a five ninety nine price point on the cold mm-hmm. and being like solid on that, I think that would have been a better one. Um, I, I think the main thing though, it's going to do is it's going to detract those people, those families that heard about it and they wanted to try it. But they're just not quite sure whether or not they're willing to make the investment now. It's one thing when it was cheaper or, um, or yeah, sorry, when it was cheaper, you know, it was a no-brainer saying, okay, well, you know, we've never had butter beer before. We don't know which one we want. So as a family, maybe we'll split a frozen one mm-hmm. and then we can see if we want more. Now in, at five bucks, you know, that's not bad. At four bucks, it's an absolute steal. But at seven dollars, that's... That's a lot for one drink that you're not sure if anyone's going to like. True. So I think for repeat visitors, you know, now I probably will buy it even less than I did before. I might get one like once every six months or so. Or if you bring somebody like new. Yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll pr- I, I usually, that's when I find that I'm getting it is that like, you're enjoying the beverage with them, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. But um, I don't think it'll be, you know, for me going into a universal park, I. I always have to get a, a specialty beer, whether it's the Hogshead or the R- Wizards Brew or uh, Duff Beer in Springfield. I just, I always do. Um, you know, the price is at nine dollars a beer. There, it's it's really not that bad. It's, it, I feel like I'm actually getting my money's worth for it. Um, but you know, now I'll probably just be more likely to pay the couple extra dollars and always get that beer instead of one time saying, yeah, you know what, I kind of want butter beer. Um, but you know, it, it makes them a ton of money. The reason why Universal is able to continue to build all of these new amazing areas and lands is because people are dishing out money for butterbeer left and right. And when you sell millions and millions and millions of them, I want to know, you know like, it's just gonna. I want them to release a statistic of like since it's opened, the equivalent of like pounds or like volume of butterbeer that has been dispersed into the world. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's enough to fill whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nuts to think that back in January of 2011 is when they sold the one millionth butter beer. So now that they have butter. What year was that? I'm sorry. 2011. Oh, so, wow. Uh, <laughs> when did it open? It opened 2000? in June of 2010. So, yeah, so in it did six not months. Take very long. I, I can't even imagine what number of butter beers they're up to now, especially since it's in Hollywood as well as Japan. Like, it's, it's everywhere. So, and it's, it's just easy money for Universal. And it's delicious. And I love it. But so I, I'm sorry if that affects people out there. Now you know. Save up a couple extra pennies. Get yourself a butter beer. Okay. Get a butter beer. Get a butter beer. Got a butter beer. Uh, Oliver, did I have anything else on that list? I really don't remember anymore. No, I think you've covered it all from what I can remember. 
you feel like you forgot something, don't I you? I feel like I forgot something, and it's kind of bugging me, and that's why I was doing one of the my classic Craig Stalin for time. Classic Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, classic Craig. Um, I'm looking through, I'm looking through, I'm looking through. I don't see any of it. Oh, yeah, I'll get into that later. I guess that's it. That's everything. That's it. That's a show. See and I promise later. I am prepared. I have everything out in front of me that I wanted right to talk now. about. I think I know why. It's because there's something coming at the, that we moved to the end of yes. the show, and that's what Craig's remembering now. No, um, it's not so. that. Oh, okay. But anyways, <laughs> let's go on to the final big news item that I wanted to cover today, and that, of course, is news that came out last week uh, after we were done recording our show while I was asleep in bed like most normal people. And if I was awake, I would have been watching Kimmel or Conan uh, the, the only good nighttime talk show host. But, of course, I'm talking about Jimmy Fallon in that we now have an opening date for Race Through New York starring... Hashtag the panda. Jimmy Fallon. And hashtag the panda. Hashtag fall on ride. We all know it. We all hear it. Oliver will never be able to live it down. But we now have that opening date for it. And it is April 6th. 2017. Marky calendars. Yes, and uh, along with this um, this grand days? opening, we are also going to have uh, a bunch of Tonight Shows being filmed at Universal Orlando again. Mm. So uh, it will be taping from April 3rd through April 6th. So you don't have a list of the celebrities yet, obviously. Where do they besides tape Jimmy those Fallon. they do that? Uh, they taped it in Soundstage... I can't think of the number of the soundstage. It was the one that they used to have Grinch miss in. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a free, probably, he's probably getting a bigger sized crowd than he normally has. I, I've never been to the Tonight Show stage in New York to see what size it is, but well, yeah, it's the size it's, of like the Kimmel one, it's it's only fits like 200 people at the most. Yeah, I would, I would assume it's much larger, but, um, you know, and then it was cool because like when he was here last time, it was. Gosh, I can't remember what event it coincided with, but um, they were they did all the musical acts on the music, the Universal Music Plaza stage. Oh, that's cool! And so, like the night that I went there, I didn't get into any of his tapings, unfortunately. As much as I dislike him and uh, I, I dislike the show, uh, I I still would love to see a taping. I mean, that's something. It's cool. Yeah, it's unique. It's always fun to do that. It, it's something fun to do. But I did get to see him come on stage to introduce uh, Jimmy Buffett. And hear Jimmy Buffett play a couple songs, which was cool. which was really neat. And the the boom camera came over me a couple times, so or a crane camera, sorry. And uh, yeah, that that was a cool time. So there's always that opportunity if you want to see him there too. I'm sure they'll do the same. Um, yeah, but we know he's going to be there, and uh, it's going to be pretty pretty neat. Still not excited for the attraction, um, but hey. really. I'm I, see I I wasn't initially and then the more I keep going and visiting the park and I'm seeing the facade go up outside I'm getting more and more exciting because that facade alone they have done an excellent job with it's starting to look absolutely brilliant um I know that you and I were in there just yesterday yeah um and it's they're starting to clear stuff away now so um you can see the outside they're still working on the inside but it's it's looking awesome it's looking like the uh the building that it's meant to represent um in new york so yeah i think they're doing a fantastic job so i just hope the inside attraction um lives up to the to the outside facade yeah no i i do love the facade i think it all looks very brilliant um in my opinion it fits in with the area very very well uh i i genuinely do 
do enjoy that. I just I still don't know enough about the attraction. There's there's a lot of questions. They haven't, you know, they haven't still released a lot of the details. We know the basic premise of it, um, uh, of what's going to happen on the attraction. We don't know like height requirements. We don't know what type of ride vehicles they're going to be. Jimmy Fallon describes it as uh, a type of. You know, he he went he went on Ellen, and he basically said, "Oh, I rode Soren, so I'm the one who pitched Universal. We should do a Soren type style ride oh, with me." And, and they were like, "No." And they said no. And then obviously, the Tonight Show is more and more successful. And I think when he first pitched it, it was when he was still doing Late Night, actually. And yeah, it was on the know, other show. Then they they finally come back to him, and they they ask him to be a part of the attraction and to finally do it but um i'm you know we don't know if it is going to be a soren style ride or if it's just going to be a another large theater simulator I'm not quite sure one of my friends told me the name of the ride manufacturer that was behind it i didn't write it down so i can't even like go and see if they have blueprint schematics to what it is i i just don't i don't know anything really that's what i'm trying to say i failed everyone Everyone so much, and I Most apologize for that. Um, but hey, we'll all find out about it soon enough. I think it's gonna personally. I think it's gonna soft open um, way sooner than the grand opening date. From everything I'm being told, they are cycling the ride almost every day. Oh, really? And, wow, I didn't um, know it was at that point. Yeah, there. Is, I believe some Universal employees are getting the chance to experience it, you know, management level and higher just to kind of watch how it's going. And, uh, you know, originally there was reports that it was going to be open uh, soft opening by the end of January or early February. So I'm thinking maybe like a March time frame. If you think about Kong opening for soft official soft opening, Um, not the official grand opening, the official soft opening, because think about it. Kong opened about a month before we had the actual grand opening of it. So I think they're going to want to get the kinks out of it, uh, make sure all the the team members are knowledgeable of really what they need to do and how they need to handle guests before Jimmy Fallon comes with the grand opening. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a reason why they're going to want to make sure all the kinks are ironed out. And that's partly because we also got the announcement that uh, Fallon will be using solely the virtual line experience which is what we are going to spend pretty much the rest of the show talking about now. Yay. Yay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So virtual line experience. Um, We have been talking about that uh, here and there for the past little bit. Uh, The first real time that we got into it, the nitty gritty, the details uh, was all the way back when we talked about the tapu tapu wearables that would be going along with Volcano Bay and how they would be in, they would be using this uh, virtual line experience, as they call it. And there's there's been a lot of questions about it ever since. What is it? Sounds like FastPass. Is it FastPass? Just what is going on in general? And I feel like we are finally starting to get a really good idea of it. And that is because they have been uh, they've been testing it. Uh, several places so i believe the first place it actually started testing at was pteranodon flyers and camp jurassic at jurassic (laughs) park um if anyone's ever gone back there and noticed or pays attention to wait times on universal's app uh pteranodon flyers always has one of the longest waits in the park Uh, it's it's a very slow very slow 
um, loading system. Obviously, every ride vehicle that goes out only fits two people. So, you know, right yeah. there, that, that's bad. And the ride's not that long, but it's just all of those items put together. The fact that it's an attraction that kids can actually, you know, they get to take one adult on the ride with them. Like it's, it's an experience for them. A lot of kids want to do it and then put it, put it in a playground and they actually see it even more. It just all adds up together. And uh, because of that, it, it's just always dealt with terrible, terrible weights. So Universal imply and they put together the system where, you know, you you go to Pteranodon Flyers and you can get a time to come back and you will have a shortened wait like FastPass. Except the difference is you don't actually you don't have that standby with it. It's literally just you get your time to come back and that is your time to be in line. And then Shortly after that, I believe, I'm looking in like the November time frame, that's when it starts rolling out for tests over at Shrek 4D that went all the way up until January uh, of this year, just a couple weeks ago. And now they have started it this week at Despicable Me Minion Mayhem. Mm. And uh, we do have, we're not just talking out of our butts here, people. We actually have a little bit of experience with this because now you haven't been with us for any of it because no. you're not with us on Wednesdays no. for the most part anymore. I'm sorry, but you're going to get to hear all about it and ask lots of questions. Yay. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, but Oliver and I are now experts mm-hmm. at the virtual line system or return time tickets, whatever you want to call it right now. We know all about it. We know somewhat about it. And uh, we will try to explain the whole system, answer any questions. So uh, this is where if you are following along with us in chat, um, go ahead and be be free. Feel free to throw us any questions as we go along with it. Don't want to skip anything involving it. Oh gosh, I've been talking a <laughs> long time. I don't have any water. This was a lack of planning on my part. So should have did it. Is are all the attractions going to adopt this? Then is that what you're trying to tell me by having it at now like three of them? I don't know. It's hard to say right now. I, I think at the minute we've been seeing it at other attractions just because we know that Fallon, Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, the Fallon. Jimmy Fallon Fall on Ride, uh, that attraction's getting it. So right now I'm making the assumption that it's for training purposes. They're just getting people ready so they know how to use it for opening day. Does it involve extra equipment? It's, you mean physical? No, right? What do you mean? Yes. Okay. So like a pen specific. and paper doesn't count. No. Okay, here we here we go. Here we go. So I've now had a chance to get liquids back into my mouth and your own spit. My own spit. And uh, I'm a little bit uh, shut up guys. Come on. I'm I'm <laughs> laughing just cuz of how you just yeah, my baby. own spit. My own spit. Okay. So here's here's the deal. Um gosh, I forgot what I was going to say now cuz you pulled me off on the tangent. What extra the- equipment is involved? <laughs> Well, I'll start one step back behind that. Is this going to roll out to all attractions? I don't believe it ever will. Um, I think it could definitely be utilized for busy attractions, uh, very popular attractions, attractions that you're used to seeing. um, Rocket. Yeah. Exactly. Attractions you're used to seeing hour-long waits involved with. Um, This is something that could potentially even help with the disaster that Halloween Horror Nights houses. Mm, Uh, That's true. Oh, that would be be. great. Um, And I I think it does, It just from what we saw with Despicable Me, there was, uh, it, it went well for the most part. Shrek 
is a bit of a question, but there was two different methods involved when we went and did this. So uh, I'll just go over it. So a couple weeks ago when we, we did Trek, um, we, we started the experience. There was two ways you could do it. Uh, right beside Trek, you mentioned equipment. Mm-hmm. They set up these uh, these computers basically alongside the wall. Back then, it's hard to see in this photo. I didn't really want to be a creep and like walk all the way down and take a good photo of these computer setups. So I chose to stood far away, stand far away. Apologize. Um, so before they just had these little like basically tablets sitting out there that they could then print out a return time for you. Mm-hmm. Now they actually built these into the wall, which leads me to believe that they're going to be running this test for a, a decent amount of time, if not, if not longer, um, if not permanent for something like Despicable Me. But essentially, uh, you are directed to go up to the computers. Everyone's standing or... Gosh, golly, I forgot I'm talking about Shrek. I'm not even talking about Despicable Me at this point in time. No, it's the same. I'm just all (laughs) over the place. So, yeah, you have that option of going there, going to the computer kiosk and doing that, or in the Universal Orlando official app that you can download. uh, If you go to an attraction page that is offering that, it will have a, uh, if you see on there, under tickets, you will see virtual line pass, and then a little arrow that you can press to reserve your time. And uh, then once you reserve, you put how many people are in your party, and then you can choose a time that you want to come back and experience the attraction. And it's free. Um, Absolutely free. 100% free. Um, Because what they have done is they eliminated the standby line. So the only way to experience the time is by actually getting... uh, a pass to do that. So you can, you no longer can just enter in at your own time. You have to go to the kiosk, get your ticket to return. And then once you get that, you come back between the return windows and, um, they, you know, like, like everything, um, they are, they will have a grace period that they choose, uh, at their own will to, uh, let people come back in and out. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a little bit early, they're going to be okay with it. If you're a little bit late, they're going to be okay with it. Just, you know, if you have a good excuse for the most part. What I will say, though, it, is the windows are tighter than other systems we see, such as FastPass. Yes, it's only a 30-minute window. And here's the reason why I say that the the whole grace period with it has to be for a good reason. And that's because in both of the two tests that we've done so far, you basically have your own choice at what time you want to go throughout the entire day. So like when Oliver and I got ours for Despicable Me, um, basically we could get it for about an hour from the time that we are going to book it throughout the entire rest of the day. There was never a period, a window that we couldn't get times-wise. And the same goes for when we did Shrek. There was a window that we that filled every single minute that the park was open throughout the rest of the day. Um you know, maybe during peak periods, these uh, these return times will start to close up a lot faster and it'll be a little bit harder to get your ideal time. But I don't think a grace period will be all that necessary because, you know, you you know, it's not like fast pass where you go, you know, by the next time you're trying to go get your fast pass. Oh, well, it's it's at that time and I was going to go eat then and that kind of screws everything up. It's not like this. You have way more control with this of when you want to experience the attraction. So grace period might be there don't worry about it um 
with Shrek, as I said, no standby line. This was very interesting. So Mm -hmm. the one thing, even though there is no standby line, they still take express um, for any attraction that that does have express. So, uh, for example, with Shrek, there was only two ways to get into the ride if you wanted to go on it. You had to either have your standby, uh, sorry, your return time ticket, and it had to be in your window, or you had express. At Shrek, everyone just piled together in this same line. And I, I, I'm not sure if that kind of changed. I think when they first started the test, they did try it with a standby, and then they had return times, and then express all different lines. I'm just giving you our experience. We were all piled together. So in my opinion on this one, it was kind of a disservice to people who had express because they were essentially just getting shoved straight into the um the standby line Mm. granted because of the return time ticket the standby line i think we only waited maybe 10 or 11 minutes it was not long outside before we were inside for the pre-show so i i think that's fair enough we essentially waited through one there was a whole group in doing their pre-show as soon as they moved into the main theater then we got to go inside i think that's completely fair in terms of a in terms of a standby line or with the return time tickets. So a little bit different though, across the street when we did it with Shrek, I I thought it was good, but it didn't, the whole system didn't blow me away. Am I wrong about that? Oliver? No, I I agree. It was, yeah, it, it worked. It just didn't, I don't know. It seemed to, I felt, I feel like it was a bit more smoother with Despicable Me. Maybe that's because they had time to practice with the other attractions. You know, they're getting closer to that date where they're going to have to to use it. So maybe the uh, the team members, I don't know, they're working out the kinks with that. But it, it worked with Shrek. It just didn't seem um, as smooth, I'd say, as uh, as when we went on Despicable Me. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I don't think it's necessary in an attraction like yeah. Shrek. I know Shrek can get somewhat busy especially on very busy days uh but uh yesterday when we went i think shrek had a 15 minute wait just throughout the entire day while we were there and to me that's not that's not bad if a, if an attraction starts bordering over that 30 minute wait that's when you might want to start looking at how you're gonna adjust it but 15 minutes 20 minutes not that bad so despicable me uh while the ride when the ride first started opening up in the morning you could get you could get your tickets for basically starting right as soon as the park opened. And it was essentially using the return time tickets. It was a walk on the entire morning, but there was a difference in that the express line and the standby line were completely split up. So this I think was a more practical system for how to handle Mm -hmm. everything. Um, So we got, I think we finally booked our tickets around 10 o'clock for a time to come back at 10.55 to 11.30. We showed up at 11. Uh, By that point, Express finally started to build a little bit of a line as well as the standby line. And I was starting to get nervous because there was, I won't, there wasn't like hour long wait, clearly. If you've ever been uh, standing outside of Despicable Me with a really long line, like 75 minutes, 90 minutes, you see how just jam-packed it is. Yeah. This didn't look that bad, but I was still worried it was going to be like 30 minutes. Um, and then ended up just, I guess, the amount they distribute, the they've been working on this. So they, they kind of have an idea of what the general capacity that the ride can hit, how 
often express people come to try to get on and with all the tickets they put all that together we ended up only waiting in line about i think it was 18 minutes yeah to get on using this return time ticket so i guess you know for me that, that was that, which one i'm sorry despicable this was me. a despicable okay me. that's what i thought and, and for me that's that's I, I mean that bride always has 90 minute waits so. yeah exactly it, it felt good because it's like okay well i had to wait I had to walk around for an hour finding something to do so I could come back and then wait 20 minutes. But in that hour, I went and rode Gringotts, single rider. I I made a loop all around the park. Um, I actually did a lot in that time period. So I probably could have gotten in three attractions in the time that I was waiting to go on Despicable Me. So in that regard, um, it, it actually worked out successfully. How do you feel, Oliver? Yeah, it it definitely did um, work completely for for me as well. I, I managed to get a lot of work done in that time period. Um, it's it's I'm looking forward to this system. I really am. Um, I would say they have worked out that threshold very well. Um, I'd say 20 minutes is the maximum I would ever, ever want to wait uh, with the whole return ticket idea. If you were waiting any more than 20 minutes, I think you'd be pushing it a little bit. Um, I think asking someone to take a... When when people are so conditioned to get into standby lines and just wait the attraction time, um, it is going to be hard for people to get in this new mindset of going to get a return time ticket, uh, spending time, you know, elsewhere in the park and then coming back to then wait. As long as they keep it around that 20-minute mark and don't go over it, I don't think you're going to get much pushback from people, to be completely honest. I think that's completely acceptable, um, especially for, for us, because we know that at the, at the time of the day that we actually rode that attraction, if they didn't have this return ticket system, we would have easily been pushing way over 60 minutes. I agree. So it's it, it's definitely got a value. Um, it's It seems to be working well. You've got to remember as well that the this attraction is different than Shrek. And at the time they were testing Shrek, it was a lot busier. Yep. They started redoing the return ticket times on Despicable Me, which is a completely different game, um, at a much quieter time of year. I'll be very, very interested to see how this system would work at a busier uh, time of year because yep. you're going to have the more express people, the more um, just the higher capacity in the park. And it's it may end up pushing even the return time ticket line up so it would be it'll be interesting yeah so let's uh let's talk about some of the loopholes the issues that we could see with it well you just brought up one what happens when it is busier how will that affect it well um i i I said it earlier i'll say it again i think return time tickets are going to start running out um especially for those peak times of day you're gonna see it where you can't book them um so how does universal fix this well what it's going to happen i believe it did happen for shrek maybe despicable me already and i know it happens for pteranodon if they run out of uh return time tickets they just say come back in the last hour that the park's open and then you are able to join the uh you're able to join the standby line that's now open and you are able to experience the attraction, um, you know, and however long it takes. So the return time, and I'm sure that's how it's going to work with Fallon as well, too. Um, because, you know, eventually towards the end of the day, everything starts to open up. It's kind of like first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. You can really jump in first thing in the morning. And if you go to an attraction five minutes before it closes, chances are you're just going to walk right on. 
And they they need to have that window for people who missed that to still have an opportunity to do the attraction. Just um, asking as well, I I think I asked you this on the day and you gave me the answer, but I just want to double check. Am I right in thinking that you, even though you can use the universal phone application, the smartphone application to book the um, return time ticket, you have to be in the park in order to do that? So that's definitely going to help. So obviously when we're talking about return time tickets, you can't help but uh, compare that to, you know, um, Disney's FastPass system, but Disney's FastPass Plus system is a, it's a completely different animal. People yeah. can book in advance. This is going to help stagger the crowds because if if it knows you're not in the park and you can't book that ticket, it will certainly help with that. So I'm hoping to answer my own question um, that even on busier days, it's still going to be a successful system. I I might be wrong, but I think that that will certainly you know help towards that. Yeah. Uh, another big question with it is. Well, how many can you actually hold at once? Yeah. Um, yesterday, well, whenever we did Shrek, sorry, when we did Shrek, um, we booked through our phones. We had the option of going to the tablets or the phones. We chose our phone. I could only book for uh, the four, or there's four of us there. I could book four at the time we wanted. Technically, everyone in our group could have also booked it on their phones as well, too. There was There's no linking. So mm. technically, we could have cheated the system in that way. Like ridden over and over and again. ridden over and over and over again. Who wants to do that with Shrek? Beats the living crap out of me. Um, and then I, the same thing essentially could have happened with Despicable Me. When we went, they weren't doing phone testing. Uh, I was able to get screenshots on my phone, but then they took that off, and you could only go to the kiosk uh, for yesterday's test. And um, with that, they didn't ask for our tickets, anything. We just walked up, said how many was in our group. We could have easily, you know, I could have walked up by myself and got it, and then Oliver could have walked up. Uh, if you have a big group, you could have just literally kept doing that over and over again. It did look like, though, on the the computer they had set up that there was something that could scan your ticket so they knew. But again, it's not all linked together. So I don't know what, unless you would, each individual person would have to scan saying this is my ticket linked to that pass. I am losing track of what I'm saying. I think you all <laughs> I know what get you're it. Saying. The system <laughs> yeah, is no, no. at the minute the way the system is, and it's just for testing. It's very easy to um, to manipulate. manipulate it. Saying that, I'm just going to throw something out there now. If they if the system stays the way it is right now, I think we will see it at attractions that don't necessarily have as much of a rewritability. Just looking at where they're putting the um, the. Uh, the, the, where they're testing these currently, they're testing them at theater attractions. So Shrek doesn't, to me personally, and I'm assuming to a lot of other people, does not have a huge rewritability. Neither does Despicable Me. And even although it's going to be a new attraction, Jimmy Fallon's ride is essentially, if we're going with the assumption that it's similar to Soarin', it's a theater attraction. So I don't think, and again, just speculation, I don't think you're going to see this on your uh, roller coasters, you won't see it on Rip Ride Rocket. You won't see it you'll on see the it on Mummy, maybe like Terminator. Exactly, you'll see it on Terminator. You'll it maybe even go as far as to see it on um, the Kong attraction because that's more theater-like. It takes a lot of people through. Um, it's that's just yeah. my theory, though. Looking at what they're doing now, so I think this and and that would work well because look at let's compare it for a second to you know Disney's FastPass system. We know that it's ruined some of the attractions there because oh, yeah, it overloads course, yeah. it. So if they can actually fine tune that and go, you know what, it works at this one doesn't work at that one that could be great that could be absolutely fantastic yeah i I agree wholeheartedly um i think of an attraction like harry potter and the forbidden journey i don't believe this system would be utilized well on it for multiple reasons a 
uh, you know, Forbidden Journey, Gringotts, they are so technologically advanced, they break down a lot. That's going to start skewing numbers. Um, B, Forbidden Journey, the capacity, you can hit uh, 2,056 people on it in an hour. If you have a perfect hour, everything goes right, all vehicles are on. But that can also change wildly um, throughout the day. If a vehicle has to go off, if you know someone throws up all over a vehicle and it takes a long time for it to get clean it might that's going to start screwing up the numbers so it it's just it could really mess with it where you could start to develop a really long standby line uh by complete accident just because mm-hmm. you gave out too many return time tickets mm-hmm. where as Oliver said these theater uh, these theater type attractions that basically have to run on the schedule. They don't get a lot of wiggle time in in terms of getting people in, sat down, and having to go. Like they they have to be right on the mark with it. Um, I, I think it could definitely work out a lot better at those. Um, it's there. There are still just a lot of questions that go along with it. Like um, you know, the fact is that when we first walked up to Despicable Me. Uh, like I said, there wasn't anyone really going in express, maybe an express person here and there, people who had return time tickets for that first window. Um, you know, there was maybe five people going in every couple minutes. Yeah. So they had to be running the attraction it, with basically no capacity the entire time. But you still couldn't walk in standby. Mm-hmm. They just because they were trying, you know, they're trying to work the system how it's supposed to be. So that's. That's another thing, too. Maybe maybe it would be good to let people book in advance. Like, if they're outside the gates at 8 a.m., you know, start being able to book those first ones for when you come in. Um, but I, I, there's just – there are a lot of questions to it. I love the system, though. I think it could definitely be revolutionary. Um, it is, and I know a lot of people want to compare it to FastPass. Mm-hmm. It's not. This is what if FastPass it's what I think Disney wants FastPass to work as. Eventually they wanted to get to the point where you can book out every attraction you're going to do throughout the day and there's no that's just what yeah. you have. Um that's why they've added it to attractions like Pirates and you know all these rides that once you could just walk on but now those can those ultimately get planned into your day. Um what Disney is trying to do, I think Universal is already there too in trying to perfect the system before they can um and you know i personally i think it is we still have to see it work on fallon a ride that will probably have you know between 60 to 90 minute waits every day because it's it's a new attraction and people do love him Hmm. don't understand why but um it's it's got promise got a lot of promise i agree I really do. I know you say as well that you don't want to, um, and I don't either, you don't want to compare it to Disney's FastPass system, but you can't help to because it's, you know, so similar. I would say this one is more similar to Disneyland's legacy FastPass system rather than the one that we see here at Disney World. And personally, even though I've only, you know, visited them once, I felt that that worked an awful lot better for that park. And I think that that kind of system where you have to be there on the day would work so much better for Universal. I think that's what we're seeing. I hope that's what we're seeing. Um, to be completely honest. So I think right now it's got an awful lot of potential. It seems to be working very well. Um, It's going to be interesting to see where it goes and how it develops, especially when you said about the Halloween Horror Night stuff, because that's where we really see some, you know, humongous lines. So it would be absolutely awesome uh, to see if they could roll out something like this there. I look forward to that. No, I do. So that is our experience dealing with the virtual line. 
uh, return time tickets, whatever we want to call it right now. Uh, just to recap, you have to book a time window. There is no standby line. You don't get in a standby line. Maybe you will after a certain point in the day. They'll open it up to everyone, but you have to book a time, and that will be the time you come back. If you have Express and the attraction takes Express, you will be able to just jump in the line whenever you want still. But uh, something like Jimmy Fallon, when that opens, I think that's going to be just solely only wait time tickets. They're not going to have Express for it when it opens up, uh, similar to Gringotts Forbidden Journey. Kong still. That's nice though, because it gives yet. everyone the ability fair, to experience it. It's yeah. a fair chance. And that is, that's what I love about universal. When their new attractions open up, they give everyone an equal chance. Mm-hmm. If you didn't plan right, that's, that's on you. You know, that's why we're out here to try to help you plan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but there you go. So, Oh my goodness. That was a lot of information. That was a lot of me talking. I'm, I'm done talking. I'm just flat out <laughs> done. But before we go, we'll uh, finally go over our last little bit of um, our housekeeping at the end, which I guess would be called end keeping. It's where but house doesn't mean front. It, should we should we call it up? Should we call it wrapping up the loose ends? Should we wrap up wrap up the loose ends? What should we call it? Yeah, that's um, uh, yeah. But I'm trying to think of something like because it's at the end of the show, like the. I don't know, the rear keeping instead of the housekeeping. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. First off, we want to thank everyone. We've got some rear keeping for you guys. <laughs> we got some good keeping. So we want to thank everyone for watching and listening, obviously. Um, and if you listen to our review of Confisco Grill last week, you will know that... Uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun with that episode, especially whenever it came to Al Pacino, Jalapacinos and Jalapenos Jal- all mixed Jal-Pacino. together. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think we need to start making this a regular thing, all you uh, Dish Universal fans out there. Um, you need to start sending us fan art because we got two instances of fan art this past week and i'm loving both of them can you remember the names because i'm searching for it now and i've i can't remember oliver the, that was literally your one job no mine to was write to down pull, the names pull the pull the artwork for and them. write down um, the names well rhino sent me one can you remember who sent the uh the first one in the rhino Pacino? the email yeah okay the you one. take care of the email one i'll yeah. take care of the facebook one okay and i will go ahead and start to showcase these to everyone well, so these talk. will be in the show notes of course too yes so. we will we'll make sure we put them there as well so um after my little story just to give everyone that maybe didn't catch up last week's show i had a friend in the united kingdom that's mother always used to pronounce uh, jalapenos incorrectly she used to uh, pronounce it either jal pacino uh, which obviously sounds like al pacino or jalapeno it was just never ever right so uh, have you found out who said in the first one rhino uh mike Thornton sent the brain. Mike one. Thornton. Okay, so Mike thought did he include his age? I feel like, you know, when on kids' show when they send their artwork in, you say no, their age. Why and would Mike Thornton, fifty-eight. Like why Mike you... Thornton, fifty-eight. No, from... he's not fifty-eight. I know, I'm just guessing. Oh, what if he's like twenty-four? Now I feel bad. Okay, Mike Thornton, eighteen years of age, sent in this. Look at that, that is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening, it is a recreated poster of Scarface, but uh, instead of holding a gun, uh, Al Pacino is holding holla bread, <laughs> and Hala it's Pacino? titled "Holla Pacino, say hello to my little bread." <laughs> oh, 
guy's brilliant. It, oh. It's classic. And then uh, another good one. It made one. my day. The, uh, <laughs> did it? God, that's a Robert De Niro quote. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, that will go along with our next one, which was sent in on Facebook by Stephen McPhail. That's it, an interesting last name. Hey, uh, he didn't Stephen McPhail at I this. hope I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> Stephen McPhail. We'll say Stephen. I don't know. Um, it looks like McPhail, which is pretty awesome. But he Your also, pronunciation here is a huge. He, McPhail. instead of going with Hollabred, which was also very popular last week, he went straight on with the jalapenos and jalapachinos. <laughs> and he made that one, which is, can you maximize it on your screen? Uh, Do zoom, zoom in. in. Yeah. There we go. There you uh, go. So for everyone uh, who's listening, it is, it says jalapenos with the J being a jalapeno and a photo of Al Pacino's face on the jalapeno on the <laughs> cheese Louise on the jalapeno. And the catchphrase of jalapenos is say hello to my little portions, which is also <laughs> lovely. And then the little tagline line on the bottom says not to be confused with Mucho De Niro in Disney Springs. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't I didn't even see that on that one. Oh, yeah. that one's great. So, Jalapeno's the Tex-Mex Jalapeno restaurant. Th- those really made our days um when we saw did. them coming in. So thank you guys for sending those in. Uh if anyone ever wants to make any sort of ridiculous thing, uh memes, whatever that go along with stupid crap that we say on this show by accident go ahead and send them in on facebook uh email you a podcast at dis unplugged just anywhere we want to see uh what you can uh do with our just butcherings of the english language and uh, ridiculous movie stuff that we do we're, we're just we're weird people in general but um <laughs> Thank you, guys. And again, thank you to everyone out there. We really appreciate you watching and listening. It means a lot to us. Uh, For more information on everything talked about on today's show, please visit disunplugged.com. That's the home of our show notes page, as well as all the other shows on the Disunplugged Podcast Network. Again, as always, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social medias that we have, and that you're subscribed to us on YouTube, as well as iTunes, and you're leaving that feedback. We love seeing it, even when it infuriates us uh, and we we just want to throw our computers against the wall we still appreciate every comment that comes in uh every bit of criticism whether good or bad is criticism that we still enjoy so thank you again guys thank you thank you thank you and shoot oh, we forgot <laughs> no okay Again, I said it before. I said it before. We promise we will get to resolutions just when we can do it and add it on part of the show. So we will not leave January without doing resolutions. I promise. But today we got to go. So we will be back with you next week for another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Until then, I'm sorry. Al Pacino's Universal. Universal.